0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the digitally uploaded podcast, the companion podcast, the DigitallyDownloaded.net. My name is Alan. I am your host for the week. With me, as always, is the venerable editor-in-chief, Matthew Sainsbury. Hello, Matt.
1: Venerable or vulnerable?
0: I'll leave it's getting
1: on. old. It's getting old. <laughs> I'm an old guy yeah. so vulnerable works. Yeah, maybe it's uh, it's a double entendre. We'll set up the I podcast mean, one month and I'll just like not show up and you'll be all like, where is he? And he's like, I'm, it's because of old age. I'm off. Uh, I'm gone. He's full on uh, skill. It's so right? concerning. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's so exciting. Uh, so concerning. Uh, <laughs> concerning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've always wanted to have a Hubbard's ghost on the podcast. Harvard's <laughs> counting on the days he gets to take over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's been plotting this for years. Speaking of which, <laughs> hello, Harvard. Hello. I am the usurper of the throne, Harvard. He do be Usurping. No, don't think about you, Harvin, I think about a man who usurps many a throne. I'm just that kind of person. You're just very silent, you're yeah. ambitious and you're threatening. You're very violent.
2: Okay, so we are, we've got
1: vulnerable, violent. What's your V, Alan? Voluptuous. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the opposite of who you are, Alan. I've seen the photos, you Doctor Who, future yeah, lead actor. Yeah, Someone's going to discover out. you. Someone's gonna discover you and they're gonna be like, you gotta be Doctor Who, and you're gonna be like, Oh, you mean, don't wanna
0: be Doctor Who. This is a little bit it, much at the moment, but I've got a massive bloody spot on my nose, so I'm like Rudolph the Rain the Red Nose reindeer. So that's <laughs> when <new> you plan. So <laughs> i gonna start doing Christmas shows. Yeah. It's pretty much. It's the it's the new plan. It'll work out, I'll make money off that. You know? A Couple of bucks. Yeah, the old the old pound or two. <laughs> yeah anyway with that let's go to some music and we'll be back in a moment And it's time for games of the month. I'm actually unaware of anything that's coming out this month because I have the attention span of a two-year-old. So I'm actually quite interested to find out what exactly is going to be coming up for us. And Matt, do you have the amazing
1: list? Yeah, there are no games, Alan. There are no games? Yeah, the, uh, the entire totally. industry the entire industry decided that as of June 30, that's it, there's going to be no more Thank games ever. Thank Christ. We've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been looking forward to the day. <laughs> Yeah, we counting down minutes. No, there's <laughs> lots of games, of course. Uh, All right, let's run through them. Shall we? We'll start with the PlayStation 4. We've got, on July 5, we have Yuru Kill, the culmination games. that be Shmup. Be
0: sorry, shmup. what's it
1: called? Yuru Kill, The culmination games. It's, it's, a, sh- it's, it's, it's a, a shmup that an actual never author... Tell. Yeah, the actual author has contributed the narrative to which is which is interesting because shmups aren't exactly well known for their narratives but there you go that one apparently it's quite good like all the people that i know that like their shmups are, are super hyped for it so there you go look forward to that on july 7 if you like your tennis balls match point tennis championships comes out so there you go you play with some balls um on july 8 you've got Clone. be proud of that one sorry yeah yeah that was <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, really that good so I, I was planning that for yeah quite and a
0: that, while the worst thing is i fully believe it you're like see they're going okay <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah on
1: july 8th, you've got colona is that how you pronounce it clona clonoa. platformer oh clonoa Col- yeah clonoa there we go yeah clonoa, clonoa fantasy reverie series so that's what that's like a collection of all of them in yep, one. It's one and enjoy two. Them. It's
0: Daughter Phantom Meal and Clannol 1.
2: Why does it not surprise me there's
1: only two of them?
0: Yeah. Uh, because collection. neither of them sold any copies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the fact that there's a
1: second one at all is just a miracle in
0: itself. I had the second uh, one on a demo disc when I was a kid. And I remember yeah. playing it being like, this is weird. I don't like it. And I never played uh, it again.
2: Maybe you'll I like it now, well, Alan, in your, so your advanced respect. stage. People yeah. really respect the series yeah people who, like it who, who are people people,
0: <laughs> you know, people who is people. sitting there being like hell yeah it's time for this like round boy who inflates people i take it back there's a there is a subset of the in- internet that
1: would frost that yeah okay i take it back <laughs> moving on on july 14 hot wheels unleashed looney tunes comes out so a big chungus in a car i'm sure yeah that game's good I'll apparently is it
0: yeah it's probably really really good cool so yeah, yeah it was a like bit of that. fun here and there did you ever play the, the looney tunes kart racer that was on the ps2 i did not it was utter shite <laughs> 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 but i have such fond memories because you know when you're a kid and you're stupid right
1: <laughs> yeah you like, like that oh, stuff this is... Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah yeah it's like this is the best thing ever it's got a rubber on a carrot and the carrots are it's like a, a rocket carrot and you're like, oh, I wish I could have thought of that. That's incredible. And <laughs> you think about it as an adult and you're like, maybe I shouldn't have gotten a degree. <laughs> <And> <laughs> maybe, maybe I've been given too much power. <laughs> anyway, on, <yeah>. on, <laughs> jul-
1: on, on July 19, there is a pretty decently high-profile game coming out for the PlayStation 4 called Stray. Now, in Stray, you play mm. as a cat. Oh, oh, it was a one. stealth game where you play as a cat and you got to sneak around doing a cat being a cat thing. It's not cats, so that's good. But Taking you are the a most cat.
0: heinous shits that you've ever like smelled <laughs> in your life. Uh, this is again a little bit of a detour, but my girlfriend has a kitten who is almost turning 1 and I've never like had to sprint out of a room quite like I have after her shits cuz I <laughs> it pervades every part of your body. I feel like that should be a part of stray it just it should be there because it's not it's not authentic otherwise you know it alan's
1: literally in the joys of having a pit good on you yeah. alan it's so bad dude i can't deal with it <laughs> uh, on on july 20 we have the first dlc for stranger of paradise final fantasy origin coming out and i'm so into Oh, yeah all in all in with that yeah. excellent game good content need more of that what, what uh, do they mean
2: when it's DLC is like a new campaign, or is it like new dungeon. yeah, dungeonous? like it's
1: a full new narrative arc thing? Like this is proper DLC. This isn't just this like is a horse big armor, new thing. Yeah, God, is, even horse armor is, is like better than what we get most of the time. True, <laughs> horse armor was such a bright spot in hindsight. Uh, what else we got? What else we got coming out on PlayStation Four? Danganronpa S Ultimate Summer Camp comes out on July twenty one. That was already released on Switch. And he is kind of a board game with all the no. Bang and Rumpa characters together. But single player board game, not multiplayer board game. It it works, it's fun. I really enjoyed it actually. Um, so yeah, if you didn't get a chance to play it on Switch, you can play it on PlayStation. Moving on. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. On July 21, River City Saga Three Kingdoms comes out. And that's gonna be great. So River City Saga is the beat'em up series that's been around since the NES and three kingdoms is as the name suggests it's dynasty warriors setting so no yeah,
2: yeah so it's all you're the- gonna canoe your way through like three kingdoms era channel. Yeah, that's exactly that it. sounds amazing
1: yeah I know have <laughs> go,
2: this?
1: go and check it out um on well people who are listening to the podcast will probably see Harvard put some footage up in um in post, in editing, but yeah, it's uh you go and check it out if you're just tuning in and have a look at it because it really does look like a hell of a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, after turtle, after turtles was quite good. Um, I'm in the mood for more brawlers, and that one will be
0: it. I was going to say because I've just beaten uh, Shredder's Revenge, and oh my god, what a game! Oh, so, it's good, again, isn't it? I'm, it's so I'm good. I'm distracting everyone, but like, God, it's so strong. The yeah, fact it, they got it, Ghostface it, Killer to write a song. <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god like oh
1: yeah they really did now. that that was really good very impressed it's it's a real brawl resurgence right now yeah around it
2: yeah,
0: streets yeah. of rage 4 and turtles combined together and then scott pilgrim coming out again recently
1: like hell yeah dude oh, and the Asterix and Ob- obelix one last year that i was never excellent. played it that was so good to play it. my brother and i kind of sat down just to play it for a bit and we we finished it in like one setting and it just went for ages. It, it's not a super, super short game, but yeah, we, we just couldn't stop playing. It was so good. It's just such a good game. Um, I love that. Okay, so on July 22, arcade Capcom arcade second stadium comes out. I don't know why they didn't just kind of roll that into the first Yeah, why do arcade, they but anyway, Money. it does mean a whole lot more. <laughs> it does mean a whole lot more games. Um, what do we got?
2: <laughs> The selection. second year that I realized that every Capcom collection has done this, has just done here's part two because he wants you to buy this in addition yeah. to part one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you want to play like some stupid ass arcade game that you've never heard of, and then also like play a game that you actually want? Oh, you want to play like Street Fighter 2 Turbo, like Championship Edition? Uh yeah, but you're also gonna get like mappy. Enjoy mappy. Have fun.
1: Oh no, I thought I thought the way they did the original one in terms of how you could buy them was pretty decent. Like yeah, they were pretty aligned. If you if you're interested in a couple of games in the in the DLC pack, then it was worth it. So I don't, I don't begrudge how they did it. I just I'm just surprised they didn't roll the two of them together to because the whole point of the first Capcom Arcade thing was that it was just a kind of virtual um, arcade. So why they didn't the just add another room? Yeah. yeah, just add another room to the kind of space that would have been. Anyway, moving on. It, it'll be fun. Uh, I'm. <laughs> don't know anything about this but just purely on the title i now want to play it mozart requiem okay, it sounds so up itself yeah that's <laughs> why I, and, and it's it's 1788 and mozart is in prague he <gasps> is giving the inaugural showing of his famous opera don giovanni and it i don't know what it is but i'm keen is
0: it like eternal sonata are we gonna go into his fever dreams as he starts
1: to die <laughs> Uh, here we go join Mozart as he must find his way through 18th century Prague find the clues and solve the great oh this is going to be one of those goddamn hidden object things isn't it 100 probably but anyway I'll, I'll play it with, because I'm potentially like music. that yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the best
0: idea ever because you don't have to get a soundtrack
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh they thought it through <laughs> Uh on July 26th, you got Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town coming out on PlayStation. That was already out on Switch. It's excellent, highly recommended. They need you to slow it. down
2: with this series. Oh my god.
1: Oh, it's really good. It's the, the one on Switch is excellent. So play it. I recommend it, it. It is you good,
2: You're playing one of these games for like a good, it's a lifestyle game, right? You keep going day after day, and they just drop a new one, and you're like, I just made my whole life in the old one, and I gotta start over again. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's what ju- we call addiction. Uh, on July twenty nine, we've got Digimon Survive, and I'll play that. I'm in for that. As, as if it's really going to come out. We've been waiting so long now. Yeah, I know that one's been delayed a bit, but anyway, it's coming out on July twenty nine, supposedly, and looking forward to that. Um, Rimworld consolidation. I don't know much about Rimworld. It was banned in Australia for a while. Cool. I'm in. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> it was called. It was too depraved yeah, I mean too much depravity. I'm because, sorry. Um, You could thank do you drugs selling, and then thank, set things on fire.
1: Thank you for selling me on the game, Alan.
0: It's really cool. It's a it's like a colony management simulator, but oh, it's
1: where everybody does drugs.
0: <laughs> yeah, literally.
1: <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that. I mean, uh, and then it this does is,
0: seem like your kind of thing. It probably is.
1: And then this is August, but it's early August. On August four, Sword and Fairy Together Forever comes out. That is the seventh game in the Sword and Fairy series, which is basically China's Final Fantasy, and that should pretty much set your expectations about that game. Uh, It's—I <laughs> played the previous one, and it was excellent fun, and it very much is China's Final Fantasy. So, like, it's massive over there. They've done TV shows, they've done theater. It's a huge, huge property, and it's just starting to come out west. So, it's there near, yeah, yeah, near. Yeah. So that's PlayStation Four. Moving on. PlayStation 5. We've got the same. We've got Eurokill, Eurokill. We've got match points. We've got Clonoa. We've yep. got <laughs> got it right. There we go. Nail. He's it. done it. Hot Wheels. We've got Stray. That also gets a PlayStation 5 version. We've got the DLC for Final Fantasy Origin. We've got Sword and Fairy. That's it. PlayStation 5 gets all the stuff PlayStation 4 is getting. So there you go. There you go. Exciting, I mean, that's yeah, what you can be to PlayStation well. five, that's, your, that's your reward. You get the people. <laughs> this will be the it's fun the, one. The exact
0: same fucking shit. God damn, it's so exciting the PS5. <laughs>
1: now, now, now with uh PlayStation Plus 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 Deluxe Plus Plus Deluxe 2. <sighs> God, you know I'm not spending
0: $150 on a bloody subscription service. I'm not doing it.
1: At least you get the PS3 ones in England, dude.
0: Yeah, you get to play PS2 games. No, I can't, because my internet is now dog shit here.
1: <laughs> a PlayStation 3 games. You can get PlayStation 2 games in Australia, Harvard, but PlayStation 3 oh. games are streamed. So I can't play Tokyo Jungle, which is pretty much the only reason I'd want to actually subscribe to that thing. Um, yeah. That's a cool game. That's Australia very weird. Sucks. All right, Switch. Your, Your kill comes out on Switch as well, in July 5 as well. Um, game called Super Duck comes out on July 7. Don't know anything about it, but Duck. So good, yeah,
4: yeah.
1: Can't argue with that. Doki Doki family comes out on July seven. <laughs> Don't know anything yet about that, but Doki Doki has me interested and has Alan running for the hills. No, Doki Doki
0: is that is the murder the thing, literate. right? Okay, no. yeah, yeah, but this one, this one's not that. This is no. a literature club. Uh, is it just like <laughs> a? Is this just porn? <laughs> is it just porn? Is that what you're trying to say, to me? Yeah, definitely. There you go. All right. Yeah. That's fun. (laughs) It's kind of the point. You sure?
1: Yeah. Um, You know
0: Yeah. You don't own it. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm comfortable with who who I am, Alan.
0: (laughs) That's become abundantly clear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On July 7, we've got Apical, which is a laid back beekeeping sim about collecting and conserving bees. I'm in for that i will I play that. Legit. I, I'm definitely keen on that. I just enjoy bees. Bees are good. We need bees. I had a bumblebee lay, uh, not lay,
0: land. You had a bowl I mean of bees, say.
1: dude.
0: You had a bowl of <laughs> bees. Not a, I had a bumblebee land a, on my shoulder and I was like the happiest boy of all time because they're adorable. Yeah, mm. they're fluffy.
1: fluffy. They're fluffy so and, and they're big course, and
0: they yes. don't sting you and I appreciate that on a personal
1: level. <laughs> On July eight, we've got Elves Fantasy Hentai Puzzle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> get fu- no, that's not a real title. No, get fu-
1: <laughs> that is that is actually the title. That is no, Game fuck of off. That no, is, I'm, is, I'm really un- sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's not real. I hate that now I need to write this and find footage of it for, a fun yeah, now, for the video.
1: Now how it's gonna have to put it in the podcast. We're gonna get demonetized because it's gonna play like one gonna giant pixelated
2: blur. It's gonna be like three <laughs> pixels. That's how pixelated it's gonna be.
0: Oh god, what like just be normal, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Please. So this game of the year. Um, July 12 has FIST, F-I-S-T, Forged in Shadow Torch, which okay, is... Okay, I'm really like, glad that's what that is. <laughs> this is like a, an action platformer, uh, 2D, 2D platformer that I played at Tokyo Game Show when it was early in development about, well, just before COVID. So what's that, 2019? And it was really neat. It has come out on PlayStation. Now it's coming out on Switch. I haven't played the full version of it, but I'll probably pick it up on Switch because I did enjoy it. It was like, you had robot bunny ears and they punched dudes and it was pretty cool. So, um, on July 14, Worth Life comes out. And I am looking forward to that. I think I vaguely saw, that was on the Nintendo Directing, wasn't it? it? Is we sure? Short, I think. And it's, yes, <laughs> it's Lots a slow, slow life fantasy action game, um, and it looks good. Like the art's nice, and I'm pretty sure we covered it on DDNet, and it's there if you want to check it out. Um, what else we got? Pascal's Wager, July 14. Don't know much about this, but Pascal's Wager is pretty cool. As a What's philosophy that? dude, it's a philosophy thing. Look it up, Alan. Educate what? thyself.
0: In the nicest way possible, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, if I was back at university, I'd be like, oh yeah, you know what, yes. But being in a nine to five, or like an eight to four, I'm just like... You know, like is
2: that just the one the where thinking. he like, Prisoner's
1: Dilemma is the existence of God or whatever? What? No, like that's that very that's different. Like- to- prisoner's Dilemma... Lever- no, Prisoner's Dilemma is when... Um, the prisoner has the option to betray or work together betray one another yeah i or mean work like together. when
2: when you make a choice about whether you do something or don't do something and you look at the outcome of that for why you choose
1: that and then he applies that to whether or not god exists uh yes yeah, yeah actually you're right that's probably the best way to describe it it's like basically the idea is we don't know for sure if god exists or not um therefore it makes sense to believe in God because there's no downside to doing so. Whereas if you don't believe in God and God turns out to be true, then you're kind of fucked in the afterlife. So that's basically what Pascal's wager is in a nutshell. Now how would you make that into a game? Well, you'll, just get, to find, in God. you'll get to find <laughs> out on July 14, dude. I'm just imagining it's a game where we
2: just ask the question, do you believe in God? And if you click yes, it goes good. And if you click no, you go, you are stupid. <laughs> I okay, play this.
1: It just says
0: try again, dumbass, but in Comic Sans.
1: <laughs> uh, on July 14, <laughs> we've got a game called Ambition, a minuet in power. I like all of this music stuff. that's coming this month. I,
0: I have a music degree. I don't. <laughs> I, I'm not happy about it. Musicians oh, should not but, be given power. But this
1: one's neat, Alan, like for the concept. Navigate the twisting social politics of pre-revolutionary Paris in a game world that's different every time you play. So it's like a roguelike where you need to court, snub, and seduce your way to the top of society. That's cool. <laughs> I, I mean was
0: thinking of like the binding of Isaac with Jean Valjean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe Marquis de Sade will you know, drop in, put in an appearance. That's his time. He masters. was around then. He was doing his thing. He was doing his thing. He was doing his thing. <laughs> this is a very confronting <laughs> thing. <laughs> his thing. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling through here. Scrolling through. There's an awful lot of games coming out on Switch that just don't look good.
0: And you decided to mention the hentai game.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that looks good. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay, so I watched a trailer for this one that I'm about to mention and... It's, you're gonna roll your eyes, Alan, but it actually does look good. And it's not a Japanese game. It's called Seduction Amongst Fate. And it's like this horror themed, 2D kind of adventure game thing. And the approach it looks like it's taking with horror is is really neat. And yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that one legitimately. That comes out on July 20.
2: The title is
1: worryingly close to Seduction Among Us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the you know, the worst thing is that in my head I had like the Among Us sound effect of like the you are the imposter like the
1: <laughs> <laughs> On July 20, we've got Bunny must die, Chelsea and the Seven Devils. Just just a great title. Don't know anything Do about people... that,
0: but I have a question for like <laughs> game developers. Have they ever thought about actually trying to sell their video game before they name it? <laughs> because like there are times, right, and I've said this many times before, but I can't really blame Japan for having long names because translating and stuff, and they want to like do their own thing, and like good on them. If you're like a Western dev and you look at like your game name and it's that, like get a marketing guy, <laughs> get get someone, get your like mom to come in and be like, oh, I don't think I'd buy that.
1: I and am now change- going to I'm I'm now going to create a game that's like four hundred words long in the title.
0: Yeah, is squid in the darkness—a future to care for.
1: Yes, something like that. <laughs> I really like squid in the darkness. <laughs> squid in the darkness. Is a good one. Uh, uh, July twenty-two. We've got Live a Live coming out, which I am very much looking forward to. I have avoided playing the demo because I just want to go into it fresh when I can play the full thing. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Never played it. In any way before. So, this is a new one for me, but Extremely everybody's bad. going, everyone's going crazy for it. So, there you go. Wild West themed JRPG from Square Enix. Hmm.
2: It's more than Wild West themed. It's like, it's kind of like the original Octopath Traveler, where there's a bunch of different storylines, uh, different that's time me. periods, and it's like a non linear narrative. It's, I was so excited forever when it was announced that it was never coming to the West. And now that it is coming to the West, I'm like, I need to go play Octopath Traveler first.
1: Yes, you do. That's actually a really good good game. uh, It's really good. Ignore Alan.
0: It's really good. No, it falls apart. Play like the first like three characters and then just stop because the game is a grind and nightmare.
2: Oh, it's gonna it's gonna bravely default me. Oh, bravely, it, it bravely
0: defaults you very very hard because like the game is suddenly like oh hey like in order to get to this area you have to be like level 30 and you leave the last area at level like six <laughs> it's like all right well that's it i'm done i'm not doing this anymore
2: and so yeah, what you end up yeah. doing is you
0: end up boogieing along to the music because the music's the only good part of that game
2: it's like JRPGs, are like you like this right so we're gonna give you so much of it until you don't anymore yeah, yeah,
0: literally. That's how it works. Oh, you like Blitzball? Yeah,
2: play Blitzball for like 17
0: hours to win this like stupid... Yeah, but then you trophy. can
1: get Waka. You can get Waka yeah. in your team.
0: That was pretty cool. Yeah, but like... He was pretty cool. And you, the, the prize is more Blitzball. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. ready? I don't like Brussels sprouts already. You're not going to make me eat more <laughs> Brussels sprouts by, by like dangling one on a chain for me.
1: <laughs> on July 28th, there's a game that an English developer surely created. There's no way anybody else but somebody from the UK sat down and thought, we're going to call it this. Lord Winklebottom Investigates. That is the most British name for a game ever. Yeah, it's like pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> Lord Winklebottom.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue with that. That's pretty strong.
1: <laughs> and his steadfast companion, Don- Dr. frumpel as they investigate the murder of an old friend. Uncover clues, interview suspects, and solve puzzles to crack the case. I bet it's like a latent thing. I don't know anything about it, but I bet it's like a latent thing. That's exciting. Okay. I'll be there for that. I'll be there for that. On July twenty eighth, there's a game called Bear and Breakfast coming out. It's a laid back oh management adventure. Laid back management adventure game where you play as a well meaning bear trying to run a and in the woods. I really places. enjoy that that's actually a <laughs> wonderful concept that's, that's great uh, if you can slaughter the dudes in the, in the bed then that's that's the most excellent game ever that's really strong what a yeah. great concept I'm there for that on July 29 you got Xenoblade Chronicles 3 I think that's oh, a game no. people are looking forward to a the bit.
0: only game that I have such a horrific like, love-hate relationship for even though I've not played it <laughs>
1: Yeah, like I've got I, could... ask, I I've got to ask you at some stage, Alan. You know, you you and your the fan service thing, you you have a, a deep and I would say almost pathological hatred for fan service, and yet you'd like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which was basically just tits.
0: No, I, I liked about 40% of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. 20% made me want to jump off a bridge. And like the other 40%. Yeah, that's still
1: that's still like I'm talking
0: 95% of that game is tits, so... No, it's not. It's not. I spent most of my time in the gacha because I'm a fucking psychopath. <laughs> I'm not... Yeah, he's so trying to clarify to, this. Trying to get the boobies. I went... <laughs> That's no, a- I wanted the... I wanted the titty bunny lady because I was having a joke <laughs> with my friend that was the only character that I knew in the game because of the dungeon yeah, video. A joke um, with your
1: friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we're gonna no, be no, here, I, Alan.
0: No, I will fight you both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I spent... I'm not joking the wharf that you get to in Ardain at the very beginning of Ardain, I spent about like 13 hours of my life grinding the fishing spot there so I could get cores so I could do 99 core (laughs) unlocks on stream (laughs) I did this twice (laughs) and I'm not joking it it hit the dopamine part of my brain I was just like yes more.
1: So More anyway, um, I'm yeah. expecting I'm expecting Xenoblade Chronicles Three to be very much the same thing: decent quality action RPG with plenty of horny thrown in. Uh, it that's seems so it. that's it what the seems people good. want. That's what they're going to get for that. And it then seems a lot less horny. It's going to be. Yeah. They're just they're just <laughs> underselling the horny. It's going to be. It's going to be there. In it's abundance.
0: about people fusing together. Like yeah. Like all
1: all the Xenoblade Chronicles games are just horny as hell. That's why we like them. Or I do, do. I do. On July do twenty, well. on July twenty-nine, Digimon Survive comes out on the same day as Xenoblade Chronicles three. I hope that, that game, game is being sent well. to die. I hope <laughs> that game sells well on PlayStation because it ain't going to sell well on Switch. And that's it that for the a, month. What a horrific idea! Yeah, don't release anything on the same day as Xenoblade Chronicles three. It's, okay. anyway. it's not, not going to come out. I'm, I'm not going to come out. <laughs> so Digimon um, Survive,
2: for clarification, was on my anticipated games of like 2015 list. <laughs> <So.
1: laughs> yeah, it has been delayed quite a bit. That's Okay, absurd. Alan, so we know what game you're looking forward to the most. It, it is
2: unironically Xenoblade
0: 3. Like, I, yeah. I will take the piss out of it. I will hate myself for it. However, I will also play it
2: and probably really enjoy it.
1: Yep. Harvard, what about you? Uh, Elves Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't> even... <laughs> elves <laughs> Fantasy type Puzzle. That's going to be the game of the year.
2: Um, but actually
1: at River City, side so the three hits. Yeah, see? Everybody that like, sees that, Oh, I, th- I reckon that's going to be an underground hit, that one. It's going to come carry out I a no-be but it, yeah, people are going to play it. and love it. I really, really do think that it's going to be that thing. It's just, yeah, it's going to be great. All right, I'm going to go with Live Alive because I'm just interested. I'm curious. I like any chance I get to play a Square Enix game from yesteryear that I haven't before. And I'm running out of them. So, this is going to say, like, how many of those on. you got
2: left? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's
1: not, there really is not many. Um, there is
2: still so many. What are you talking about? There's still Bahamut Lagoon. There's still, yeah, like, that.
1: that's never coming good.
2: out. Yeah, that's never coming out. Be I don't care if it. I'm,
1: not, I'm talking about games that I actually haven't played at all. Um, and legally or illegally, you know, via emulation, I've played most of them, but I haven't played live alive. So, it's a treat. I do like when I get treated. Other than that, also Xenoblade Chronicles three, but for different reasons to Alan. Yep,
3: <laughs> I think <I laughs> that
1: for the boobies. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, surprise games me. Games are so horny. Final Fantasy seven, yeah. Final Fantasy seven remake. I'm looking forward to the second one of that just to see if it's as horny as well because the first one was just it was, it was thirsty. Aggressive. That that it, was aggressively was thirsty game. I know it was great. I was like, whoa, hang on, where they go with this? And and they went there. That was yeah. That was really unexpected.
2: I think the fan base for that game is pretty thirsty overall, which is surprising given how the original game looked. But
1: yeah, I just don't know where it came from. Like, why did they do it? Where did it go? (laughs) Why did they do it that way? Why did they like (laughs) just go out of their way to make that that dance scene and that's just basically like porn and like why they do it that way? I just don't know. It was yeah. Because of the Overwatch
0: situation. No, I think like, I think what oh, threw yeah. me a
1: bit, I think what threw me a bit was I didn't buy into it obviously because those people are stupid, but the the whole oh they made Tifa's boobs smaller thing, that was like that big controversy in the lead up to the release of the game. I forgot about that. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, so that may mean that you know it, it's not going to be so outrageously, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 style thirsty. But it was like no, I, it I so don't, was no.
0: seven remake is nowhere near as thirsty as Xenoblade. Xenoblade oh, it is, is like... so dude. No, dude, is Xenoblade absolutely... Two is immature levels of thirst. Seven is like okay, human. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's more, it's, it's more a... authentically thirsty. It's not just yeah. It's, it's more like
0: a, this character is believable and not just being a wooga anime wooga.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but absolutely wants it. <laughs> I, it sounds like I hate Xenoblade Two. I don't. I like that game a lot. It's just bad.
1: I hope they have Australian <laughs> accents in Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Like that's the they thing do. I'm, they do. They do. Oh yes. because yes. right, so... there's a
0: trailer with a character that returns from Xenoblade Two. The the dude with the the tomahawk S- dude. Yeah, the stupid hair and the the cross on his face. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Excellent. His name is. All right yeah, guys, we're gonna go
2: get these bastards. <laughs> so was it set in the past or what?
0: No, do you want do you want to explain the premise? Uh, no, we don't have time. No. Wait, did you did, you did you beat Zanblade 2? I think so. Honestly, I kind of like blacked out for the okay. last 20% of
2: it. I have no idea yeah, how this it game ends.
0: is now like five years old. I don't give a shit. It's set in the same universe, but not the same universe. So it's uh, like a multiverse stuff, but then oh, at dear, the end of two, dear. it combines. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, the the worlds are one because if you look at the box art, it's got the Gower Plains thing, and it's also got the uh the Titan of Uriah or whatever the hell it is. I don't know why I know this shit. I'm so, I, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, you're not a fan as they would but call it. The OC, yeah, the RC accents are back, and that's the main thing. Yeah, essentially. That's gonna be great. I like. It'll that. be fine. Worst-faced yeah. Australian accents This side of Boomerang from Suicide Squad
0: I mean, did you guys did you see that thing that was like the voice actor Of um The voice actor of Rex uh, Used to do condom ads Really? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Someone did a cut of like Rule number five of the salvages code If you don't wrap it up You're gonna be a right mess <laughs> 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 It's really good
1: yeah, there you go. Uh, let's let's uh let's wrap this up, shall we? <laughs> yeah. it's uh yeah. Lots of games coming out, but I guess it's the month of JRPGs.
0: So it's been a big week uh, over the last week or so it's been about sort of you know last two weeks really i guess where there have been a lot of announcements called the summer of games or something like that i guess what's called instead of e3 um but there's been a lot of announcements recently and it's sort of given us a rough idea about what the next year or so of gaming is going to look like which is quite exciting in its own right now i'm going to be honest here I watched bits of the reveals the only thing that interested me was the vampire left 4 dead game and that was pretty much it nothing else grabbed my eye because i don't really uh, you know what i mean it looks like video games again how about you harvard what do you think
2: yep i have the same thought video game is gonna be video games
0: yeah <laughs> it's came <getting laughs> to that point where i'm like yeah it's, it's a it's a shooter it's co-op, cool
2: yeah, they, they're calling a new Call of Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two
1: with no relation to the original Modern Warfare Two. I, yeah, I'm really confused. I, I was very surprised at the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, whatever this one is, point five or whatever. I, I was very surprised that it wasn't, like, a, a horror shooter in space because that was, like, the main theme of of the shows. All the big AAA things were all horror shooters in space. Which is, yeah, it was all Dead Space games. Yeah, it was a Including lot of that. Including Dead Space.
3: <laughs> you know what? I, I,
1: reckon, I reckon it was because, like, Returnal took people by surprise. and I should play that. people liked it. So, because people liked it, they been the AAA industry being what it is. Everyone was like, "Yeah, we'll do it too," because we haven't done that yet. And now we've got five million horror shooters set in space. I yeah. also think
2: space is just a somewhat cheaper setting to use than like a forest. You know, it's less like resource intensive, I guess. Yeah, yeah, less nature, less lighting. It's more just standard. You can focus more on the mechanics than I
1: don't think. It it, I mean, it look realistic. If you look at Returnal, it's not exactly... Um, that's barely on, a space game, though. Made, on, a, made, made a- on the cheap. It, it's more, I think, because if you set something in space, you're less inhibited by realism as such. As a AAA developer, for example, you've got expectations that your games are going to be big and expensive looking and you know really detailed and all that kind of stuff. But it's hard to do realism like that because if you set it in the real world then it's a little bit difficult to kind of recreate the real world at that kind of fidelity that people want for AAA games. So by setting something in space, you free yourself up a bit to just go nuts with like vegetation design, enemy design and all that kind of thing. And I think I that's I do love it going nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I reckon that's it. That, that's, the, that's the kind of pull of both kind of hard fantasy, which is like setting a completely foreign World and then also science fiction for game developers, especially at the bigger end of town, you're just a little bit more free creatively. So, that would be my guess about where at least some of this fascination with shooter set in space is coming from. Yeah, I
0: don't know it's cool though. I mean, I really like Dead Space One. I'm a bit annoyed that EA destroyed Visceral because they could, and then we're like, oh, remember Dead Space? We really like Dead Space. Remember when the video games were good. It's like well, you no, do, you do have the, killed them.
1: You do have the remake of Dead Space to look forward to. That's going to ruin your love of Dead Space, I'm pretty sure.
0: It might be okay. I am nah. interested in seeing this Callisto project thing. That could be cool. No. Nah. No, Callisto is the um one by
1: by the, the, by old the Dead, Dead Space State crew. Does, yeah. Like the actual nah. Dead Space, Dead Space game. I, I nah? just think no. Nah. See the thing about Dead Space that I liked, and I didn't enjoy the first Dead Space, not enjoy the the two sequels anywhere near as much, but The thing I liked about the first Dead Space was it wasn't the AAA blockbuster because I have this thing, right, where I don't think horror is necessarily compatible with big blockbusters. I feel like horror is a genre that inherently does better when it's niche because then the developers don't need to try and be everything to everyone. And it's really difficult to make a horror game that appeals and doesn't offend everybody. So I felt Dead Space was a little bit more free that way that they could just kind of do their thing and they could let it be a more kind of pure creative vision and as a result we got a pretty good game by the time they got to dead space 3 it had to be this big blockbuster thing and it ended up being just a silly space shooter with some vaguely ugly monsters and it didn't work that that game sucked it It really did so that's my concern Uh with both the dead space remake and all of these other horror games that we're getting at the moment that's just by the nature of the industry, they're all trying to be a little bit too much, um, too much mainstream.
0: The Rob Zombie, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre effect.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it's not like horror can't be mainstream. I mean, Resident Evil pretty much proves that, especially the most recent one. That managed to be a pretty strong horror vision while also being God, it's so a good. mainstream village game. It's so good. Yeah. But that is just brutally difficult to make and I, I certainly don't think the western industry with the way it does games um is set up for that <laughs> uh, so yeah i think that, that's yeah. kind interesting of... though
2: that uh horror i'm guessing because resident evil 7 and 8 did really really well horror is having a, a resurgence and that a lot of developers are taking a limb on it like if you look at the 20, 2000s era like rare to see horror games right you get horror games from like risky indie studios, but you don't get these kind of big budget horror games in the same way that we're getting now. Yeah, you see, get Rule of Rose and nothing else <laughs> but Rule of Rose. That was great. It was a weird game. <laughs> it
1: was, it yeah, was people, weird, get,
2: but it was great. Yeah, people like Mark being like, oh, you guys have to play like Forbidden Siren and you guys need to play like... Oh God, uh, Forbidden Siren. Hey, Siren. hey, oh, hey, do, do
1: not deez forbid Forbidden Siren. I love that game. No, it,
0: it controls and plays like a game that should not be played by a human being. It's uh, a, all the horror that is a definitely. game i have bought but i will watch a youtube let's play of so i don't have to play it you
1: can play it for free now on playstation plus deluxe 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 plus plus Deluxe. for free with a subscription service of 20 million dollars <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, so to go back to your point harvard uh horror has always gone in waves like it doesn't matter which medium you're talking about horror in film has its cycles horror in literature has its cycles And basically, it's not so much to do with one horror thing being a commercial success, it's more they're a commercial success because horror kind of responds to what's going on in the world and generally when kind of social anxieties run high, horror does better. So if you look at, for example, the slasher horror uh, wave that really went strong in the 70s and 80s, the underlying reason for that was basically the... The boomers or the the oldies of that generation were pretty um uncomfortable with the the increasing kind of liberal the the kind of liberties or the kind of freedom that um the youth were experiencing so their kind of response to that was to create uh, you know um what was to fuel this this kind of slasher horror trend where all the the teens that did the naughty things got their throats cut and that's kind of where horror always responds to kind of anxieties at the moment. And I think looking at video games now, we've got an awful lot of existential dread in the world between climate change and the increasing, uh, you know, uh, inhospitable nature of the planet, thanks to human action. Um, there, there's kind of uh, obviously the social and economic concerns as well. So all of those things, I think, are kind of mixing with people's desire for, uh fantasy and i think that's why we're getting a lot of horror stuff set in space it's like that's the response to how people are frightened at the moment
0: yeah i also just like getting my pants
1: spooked <laughs> I, I find i find horror absolutely fascinating like, as a as a genre like it's the the the, the appeal of being frightened is is just something I've always found so fascinating. So I did a lot of study of this stuff at university and that's why I'm such mm. a horror fan these days. Did you like Stranger Things? Yeah, I love Stranger Things. Absolutely love it. Good. Okay. There you go. It's one, it's of, those... It's one of those recording the sorry
0: on the day that the, the new season thing comes out. So that's oh, is why it, it's
1: is it out today, is it? Yeah it's out today. Well, it was out yesterday day. for you. Well, that that solves my weekend because i I was really I, I was really pissed off they split into the bastards and ended on such a cliffhanger for the first yeah. it's
2: really long I've heard the second the one of the episodes yeah, it's like, like four hours
1: for two episodes it's two oh, and a half hours long. Oh, ah yeah. sweet that's excellent that's how I like it. No, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think Stranger Things is is just brilliantly done. It's one of those rare things that makes me keep my subscription to um, Netflix. I want to be able to watch yeah. that again through at some stage yeah that and uh, Umbrella Academy are probably it that's also a good show oh yeah I really like Umbrella Academy not really horror but anyway we're not here to talk about Netflix we're here to talk about (laughs) stuff that's happening in the industry for the next 12 months I mean just I know you both said that you weren't overly engaged with the content that came out of Jeff's show and others but I mean
0: I've watched most of that show
1: and was just like
0: Industry it's
1: Jeff's show. Sucks. <laughs> it's Jeff's show. Now, there's some of the stuff that was around it was more interesting for me. Like, there was a lot of indie shows that were really neat. Uh, the Wholesome Games Direct was great. That's usually yeah. pretty good, yeah. Yeah, there, there was a lot of interesting stuff. That The Devolver one was a lot of fun, as it always is. Devolver's there's, always good. There was a lot of stuff around the Jeff show that I quite enjoyed. Uh, like you, I wasn't that invested in Jeff's, but then, as you all know, I'm <laughs> not exactly the world's biggest. <laughs> um, Advocate for AAA games. But no. Yeah, oh, I, I know. I know. I <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did want to put it to you just overall, from the sense that you did have of the three kind of consoles, which ones do you think have a pretty bright year ahead? And why I really enjoyed the Nintendo show,
2: but maybe it's another section on itself. I thought that Nintendo show had a lot of, variety... yeah, it's looking like we got to do a section of
1: Nintendo show yeah.
2: by itself. It had a good like future, a good like re- reminisce towards the past, but everything is like it seems like there's a lot of stuff to play and a lot of stuff that's worthwhile. Okay, yeah, I mean, it, it looks fine.
0: <laughs> like, again, I looked at this entire show and was just kind of like, everything. It's the same. I don't <laughs> really care. And, well, you know, well, I, I will play most of it. I'll play most of it because I'm a sucker and I have zero
2: self-control. But I won't be happy about it. <laughs> That's the state of gaming now. It's like, oh, I, I don't like it, but I'll play it because I'm a sucker. Yeah.
1: Let's, let's let's break it down a bit then. I, we'll start with, with Microsoft, right? I guess my sense from Microsoft is that they're so busy acquiring companies that they haven't really got their act together <laughs> to, um, to start refocusing towards kind of game development. I mean, I know they announced a, or they showed off a fair bit, but they're putting a lot of faith and hope between, behind that one no man's sky, but RPG thing that Bethesda's doing. Oh,
0: it looks rubbish though. That's what gets me is everyone was like, Oh, isn't this the future of gaming? But, um, it looks like no man's sky but worse which i didn't you know think
2: what was physically this feeling possible. <laughs> really reminds me of this feeling really reminds me of when anthem was announced oh god oh that died and, quickly yeah and we know how i crazy.
1: i distinctly i distinctly remember being like oh they're going to announce a new bioware thing and they said like i think they said bioware's got a new game coming and i was like yes i'm gonna see a new bioware thing and i had in my head they're gonna fix what went wrong with with andromeda, andromeda. but then they showed Anthem and it literally took me like five seconds and I was bye, bye, bye aware. Um, <laughs> I'm done with you. So, yeah. But, I don't know. I, I think Microsoft probably is right to be putting a lot of faith behind Star Lord, whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> Star, uh, Star- Lord. Star-, <laughs> Star Lord's the guardian of the <laughs> Galaxy guy. Um, Land, Starfields. Star, Star Wars. <laughs> Star... Uh, star.
2: star what they're Runs running out of star star, star field
1: no star
2: Starfield. Starfield.
1: Starfield. right so microsoft's probably that shows how much interest i've got in it microsoft's probably put it right to put a lot of faith behind starfield It probably sell well and stuff but um other than that my sense is that microsoft is just busy on the back end the business side of things trying to bed down all the crap they've bought and the next year is probably going to be fairly quiet, I would think, for Microsoft. I mean, see, uh, um, I'm looking see at Pentiment? everything. Sorry, what was that? Did you see Pentiment? No, that's a horror thing,
2: isn't it? No, it's by Obsidian. I'm just looking at it now. It's a oh, yeah. like, 16th century classical arts themed adventure thing.
1: Okay, well, that one would probably have my attention then, since yeah. I quite like Obsidian. good developers um yeah i'm sure there'll be stuff i'm sure there'll be stuff that comes out it's just my sense is that the next year is probably a year of consolidation for microsoft Mm -hmm. just from what i know about how business works and stuff
0: i'm also the most skeptical man of all time just of anything to do with microsoft at the moment because i i see what they did with halo i wasn't happy with it because i got very bored very quickly and I'm a little bit like any game that they release now, I'm inherently a bit like, hmm, with. Because if they're going to do that to their biggest game, because let's not beat around the bush, Halo is the biggest game. I don't know why they would, mm. like, what reason they'd like, put any more effort into any other games, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, the only thing that they've really got for me at the moment is the Cuphead DLC. But that's a DLC for a game that came out when I was still at university.
1: Well, see, that's the other thing that I did want to quickly mention about Microsoft. Now that you mentioned that, um the third party stuff for Microsoft seems very weak to me. And mm. the reason probably is again the Japanese stuff, that's just my natural interest. So Microsoft came out and said, look at all this Japanese stuff we've got. You yeah, know, we've got Persona, and everyone was like, Yes, Microsoft has got persona, Persona 4 is on Xbox and something, something. And then days later it was announced, oh, it's also coming to PlayStation. And then Nintendo's like, yeah, it's also coming to the switch. So (laughs) uh, Microsoft spent a fair bit of energy promoting all this Japanese stuff. And they did get the, you know, they had the first event. So they got the kind of early mover advantage on that, but that all kind of disappeared very quickly when it was, we all realized that they really ain't got anything (laughs) that you can't find on other consoles. So again, everybody keeps talking up how much Microsoft is invested in the Japanese industry, how much they actually want to make it work. You know, what's his name? Um, Phil gets up and does his little speech in bad Japanese each time to to show how committed they are to the Japanese market, but over and over and over again, Microsoft cannot get any traction there that gives you a reason to buy an Xbox over a PlayStation or especially Nintendo um, with the Japanese industry. So yeah. So yeah. I mean I I'm quite privileged in this
0: situation because I own a Series S and basically the Series S is my Game Pass machine. Like I don't buy any games on the console. I literally just have the Game Pass subscription. If there's something cool on it, I play it and that's pretty much it to justify me having the fifteen Australian dollars a month. That's all. That's all it that's
1: is. um that's another thing. Like nobody buys stuff on um Xbox anymore. I've I've seen the numbers because I've yeah you know, worked in the industry elsewhere. But um, yeah, in terms of what people actually buy, people are not buying games on Xbox. They just wait for it to be on Game Pass, which does change what games get made and how they get made for that console. So that's Mm. part of it. My issues with subscription services are pretty well known and that's another conversation for another day. But yeah, it's certainly a case that the Xbox is a subscription console. It's not really one where you buy games up front. So that's Does adjust what gets produced for it. So moving on. um, Because
2: I'm more interested in the indie side of things. It seems to me that a lot of indie developers treat the Xbox as like,
1: oh, we'll put it there if we can feel if we feel like it, but that's not what we're aiming for. Well, like, yeah, they can't. I mean, Indies know better than the industry is willing to admit how poor subscription services are for them. So they will put it on Xbox because it's easy to port it to and it's kind of some incremental revenue and whatever. But they know that if they rely on the Xbox, they're kind of screwed. So, so mm-hmm. on the PlayStation side of things, um, Sony aggravates me a great deal.
0: Oh, God. Why are they releasing a game <laughs> they released on the console? You can play the first one.
1: Yeah, that you is, can literally that, play it. That is what aggravates me about Sony. Sony is now so God, obsessed. It's with... such a waste of money and it's Sony... a shit game. Sony Sony is so obsessed with being the biggest blockbuster producer on the market that they have a perfectly good looking game in The Last of Us. Like the the original the PlayStation 4 port of The Last of Us is a perfectly good looking game, but they seem to think they need to improve it because the graphics are one generation <laughs> older. But it's it's just that annoys me because that that to me that is a fundamental lack of respect for the existing work that's what really annoys me about it it's like they're essentially saying that within one generation these games have no value anymore like to the point that even if they're all still available you can still buy them why would you because they're an old game and that i I cannot stand that attitude i really really find sony annoying uh with this jim ryan guy at the head of the company I do not watch to direction The first one is that it has
2: been a while since The Last of Us came out. Like, if we think about console cycles, each cycle has been a little bit longer than if we were to look at the 90s, the early 2000s. So, I think that uh, I'm not going to defend the decision to remake it, but I kind of see the intent behind it. And I think that PlayStation's in a really unenviable position where. They now have this machine that can do amazing graphical things, but they don't have the install base of people to commit all their resources to it. So this to me seems like a kind of middle ground thing to say, we've got stuff coming out and it's gonna make the most of the potential of this machine, but you know, like it's
1: not all in. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. And it may well just be that Sony feels like they have to get a game out to keep the flow of games coming while they work on stuff that they're their actual next kind of wave of of games. But it's still, it still it annoys me.
0: <laughs> um, such a waste of time and money, honestly. If you want to play a game I, that sucks, then just
4: play why anything.
1: Can't, why can't <laughs> they give Naughty Dog a the, the budget that they gave them or whichever developers working on the the, the remake. Um, why can't they just give them that money and say make something new? Yeah, maybe it's a little bit more modest, but make a new game. Because that's no, the they're doing
0: thing. it because they've got the new bloody TV series, which is going to tell the same story. And I don't give a shit about it because it's just the road.
1: Ah, right. It, yes, of course. There's it's the just TV TV the
0: road. System.
1: Well, that's the thing. That, I mean, all of the, these games have always been an inferior version of the road in the first place. <laughs> like, they've never, it never annoys been that good. They've never it's been. So like they're going to make a.
0: They're making a TV show of a game of a movie of a book
1: yeah when you can just watch the road which is an excellent you can just watch actually the you road think about it doing a, a tv road. show of a game of a game of a movie of a book
0: oh god oh i hate this industry what a waste of money what a co- like what a colossal just waste of time and energy go and like touch grass <laughs> I mean, yeah I'm, I'm sorry i'm fed up i'm done with games
2: Fucking... That's a that's a good thing to say on a gaming podcast.
0: No, uh, and then we got bloody layers of fear again. Shit game, being remade by a team that said that it's better to die than it is to deal with mental illness. Like
1: are they make remaking layers of fear. I thought it was amazing. yeah, they are. No, it's it's a, remake. a remake. Oh my god, it's a that remake. That is that is the that is just I. Unlike Alan, I still like video games, but <sighs> I gave up on that end of the industry quite a while ago. I haven't played a blockbuster game in, uh, I guess you could call it. You, you played Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. Matt. Sorry? You played Ghost of Tsushima. I did play Ghost of Tsushima and I didn't think much of it. Um, I played and Ghost, Ghost, was like, like, Ghost yeah, by Tokyo, was I did play, and that was pretty good. You deadly. played Elden Ring? Elden Ring. There you go. But does Elden Ring really count as a blockbuster? It sold oh, like a blockbuster. Yes. No, no. No. Hear me out here. It sold like a blockbuster. But I believe that for a scale, it's a much more modest production, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have the blockbuster attitude about it. It's not Ratchet and Clank with three million special effects going every two seconds. It's not... It's, I you it's said not... three minions, as in like <laughs> three million. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a much different kind of scoped project, I feel. Uh, Elden Ring never felt to me like a blockbuster, it became one because it was that good. But yeah, anyway, that's maybe another discussion for another time. But I find that uh, I, I do want to correct myself
4: st-
0: as well. Layers of Fear is not a remake, it is a re- reimagining. Same difference. Same shit, yeah.
1: It's walking over the same territory. That's the thing that annoys me about this (sighs) industry. It's just they're really running out of ideas. And there are a couple of reasons for that, I feel. Firstly, there's no incentive for them to come up with new ideas. And that sits squarely on the consumer, not the industry. I feel like this is not just a thing that the developers are doing to, to ruin the games. It's also a thing that the consumers are doing because they're just so pigeonholed into certain types of content that they are unwilling to explore beyond that. So there is certainly a, a give and take here that is causing this effect, but yeah, the, the incentive to, to come up with new ideas is just, it's just not there. And
2: it's also just the amount of money being spent on these things. Like if you think about the, the budget of like a star field, there is, there is no possible way that that amount of work and effort could do anything creative because everybody investing is like, oh, we just want something that made as much money as the last game you guys made.
1: Well, there is that too, that there is no real... When you're making... The, the games industry is at the point where the blockbuster side of things especially basically needs to sell copies to everybody that plays games to see the yeah. returns that they need. And what happens then is if you need your game to be something for everybody, then you end up making something that doesn't, say, do anything. You basically end up with you know, a bunch of Ubisoft the games where they're just so completely inoffensive in the way that they're made that they're kind of offensive <laughs> to anybody that cares about uh, creative ideas, I, I yeah. And that's yeah. basically where the AAA industry is heading. So that's how I, I am with.
0: The, the Street Fighter Six stuff looks kind of cool. And I'm kind of excited they're going back to like slower gameplay rather than t- just pure footsies.
1: And that's where, oh. the, that's where the interesting side of things are. But I still think there's a lot of interesting stuff happening with the industry. It's just that kind of... Those games that are either either designed for a particular community, a small community, a niche, like the fighting games are, or uh, the indie stuff which is more experimental and there's still heaps of that stuff happening it doesn't necessarily get a show at these events but there's a lot of stuff coming
0: yeah and it shocks me as well because i think the only game that actually made me go oh huh, that's a great idea is a marvel game and it's the marvel XCOM game because like yeah you know what take some superheroes put them in a tactical strategy game that's a cool idea i'm around that
1: i didn't even see that but yeah, yeah. that could be fun
0: yeah, it's it's a great concept because you know that would it worked for Transformers. There, have,
2: yeah, it worked really nice. Yeah, it best worked for lots of properties. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it worked really well for Pokemon Conquest. Worked really well for Namco Cross Bandai Cross. Um, no, Namco Cross. Uh, what what are the other two? And Project Cross. It was Project Ego Crosszone. Capcom, yeah. yeah. All the what a weird... That's such a weird game. <laughs>
0: Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. That. I, like. I'm just exhausted. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> just make games that are cool. <laughs> that that
4: joke brawler. that we made earlier
2: is like really, really um, ringing resonant now. It's like, if we just had a couple of months where all the AAA developers were like, you know what, let's just not make games for a bit. It would actually improve things a lot. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, you look at freaking Gotham Knights, and I don't know if you can look at that game with anything other than a resounding... Huh. Is you that know I mean? exactly, um,
2: <laughs> the remake of the, the Arkham games?
0: Mm, it's like the multiplayer live service, basically, version of the Arkham games. Uh, yep. Could you imagine a worse thing? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> what's one game that you're looking forward to for the next year, Matt? Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> it's the hardest question I've asked today. Well, to be honest,
1: uh, you yeah. know, these events as we record this happened uh, maybe about a week ago, two weeks ago. And um, I get stuck back into reviewing games and stuff. So I kind of forget about a lot of this stuff. I remember there being stuff that I was interested in. Um, and I'm just pulling up kind of articles now as we talk. Like there's some good examples like the, the Plucky Squire, for example, that's a game that everybody would have forgotten pretty quickly after seen it but that's a devolver digital published aussie developed game which is a kind of adventure rpg thing where you actually go into picture books and stuff it's looking it looks really charming and kind of twee and in the nicest possible way um there was was there not I mean, there's DLC for Resident Evil that they showed off, which looks really good. Yeah, as well. that's kind of cool. That's yeah. the
0: only thing. Actually. So there was that. I take it back. That's that. That's good. Hold <laughs> well on, Capcom, you saved so, it.
1: <laughs> I mean, Square Enix had stuff that was interesting as well. Uh, yeah, I
0: guess announcing that rebirth is a thing. Like, that's cool. Rebirth we knew it was only a thing,
2: though. Yeah, it was always a thing. <laughs> but like, uh, imagine, if they, I'm- imagine if they imagine if they release. <laughs> um the first part of remake and they're just like you know what we're done that's, okay. that's all we're oh it would
0: no i'm not even joking right now do that just to piss off the nerds
1: <laughs> i mean i've got like... <laughs> to admit i am a little bit um concerned with final fantasy 16 but that's more i think because the gameys are going ape shit over it being and. You know, mature rated game that's not really what square enix is out there talking about and the guy that's the, the two that are working on it's Yoshi final P. fantasy yeah yeah the two people that are working on final fantasy sixteen are Yoshi P is the producer and the director is the guy that did the last remnant and I absolutely loved the last remnant which was a mature rated game. So I'm going to say that while I have concerns about how that game's going to turn out, I'm probably going to like it when yeah. it does actually release. So that's obviously a big one for me. Um,
4: yeah.
0: I mean, to be fair, though, the, the reason I got excited about that game um, was when they announced that the combat designer was the guy who worked on Devil May Cry 5. Oh, did it? Yeah. Be, and the moment that I saw that, I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> I'm solved.
1: <laughs> it does look very active.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's going to I'm be pretty pacey.
1: I mean, it's yeah. That's just the way that that we're going. It'd be more
0: tales thing. than um than Final Fantasy,
2: I'd say. Hmm. Yeah, and I that's not that... such a
1: bad thing. Yeah, fine, yeah.
2: cool. Go for it. Try it. The fifteen already wore the whole chaos on, like, oh, you're
1: not making a turn base anymore. So hopefully, there's well, more. Open Final Fantasy it. hasn't been. And then Stranger, Stranger of Paradise, Paradise killed chaos. chaos. <laughs> 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 Stranger <laughs> of Paradise is a good example of yeah.
2: Where things are going. Yeah. Um, Harvard, what's the game you're looking forward to? Um, I'm gonna go back to that one I mentioned earlier, which is Pentiment. Uh I don't know nothing about it, but I quite like Obsidian style and it looks just different. And that's yeah, that's good enough for me right now. It looks like you know those old Renaissance art memes of like people in weird poses?
0: Yeah, the ones it's that are just, like it's... the devil is like grabbing his like nutsack and he's like, oh <laughs> yeah, it's basically that art style. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, and I'm gonna say that none of these games interest me because I'm a miserable sod.
2: <laughs> a um of cut to Alan
1: playing the last the whole the too, whole huh? living in the UK is really rubbing off on you, Alan. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> used to be such a positive boy when you were in Osm. <laughs> and then I got a full time shot. <laughs> you got a full time shot. that So let's talk about JRPGs as we were talking about. Uh, can't do that because we're separating. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Right, let's talk about JRPGs uh, with uh, Final Fantasy 16 getting a really big run recently via the streaming directs and whatnot. Uh, we've kind of had the blockbuster JRPG on our brains. Xenoblade Chronicles as well. coming out in just a couple of weeks that is also a very big blockbuster jrpg so we thought it'd be fun to have a chat about i guess the differences between the blockbuster jrpgs and the more modest in scope ones and whether the jrpg kind of blockbuster kind of belongs whether the the genre is is friendly towards that because you'd have to say with it being a very japanese orientated uh, genre they don't produce so many of the big blockbusters in the, the mold of the EAs and Microsofts. So, yeah, do you, do you think the blockbuster JRPG works, Harvard? I mean, It's it's a new feeling, I will say, because
2: rem- if you, you'll remember this, Matt, in the, the late 2000s, there was the whole, like, the JRPG is dead, no one's playing this genre anymore. And we were all thinking that it's still alive. It's just smaller, you know, there's just games that are a bit more niche a bit shorter more focused on one particular style or theme rather than trying to be the biggest
1: game possible yeah it was kind of that wasn't it It was like it was it was like they were still releasing artilia games and you know all those kind of quirky little jrpgs and yeah course, it was like the genre Factory, of entry and
2: odyssey persona yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was lots of games but it like, just wasn't the same attitude of we're going to make final fantasy 7 it's going to be enormous right
1: well that's the kind of thing it didn't have the mainstream you know interest i think it had the the fans enjoyed it but in terms of the media and the kind of the broader conversation it was more i guess Disappointments with like Final Fantasy 13 and stuff, and that yeah, was, I guess, yeah. what and was leading to people... was like very much the end of that
2: big era, right? Where you can't spend this money, send that amount of money on a game that's turn based and linear, which every GRPG is, if you think about the uh SNES and PS1 era. But people were just starting to recoil against that design philosophy,
1: yeah. I think you're right. I think. It was definitely the sense that, I mean, I love Final Fantasy 13, but because it was a disappointment for so many people, um, there there was that sense that the genre was in trouble as such, and it was struggling to find relevance.
0: Well, because then you also had games like uh, that just weren't coming out in the West. Like Xenoblade Chronicles One didn't come out unless
1: oh, that's true. It was they very petitioned. nearly didn't. Yeah, yeah they actually they set up. Didn't. What was it? Project uh, Operation
2: Rainfall. Rainfall? Here's the thing: like Xenoblade Chronicles was a good game. No one talks about the last story anymore. And the Pandora's Tower was very yeah. niche. It was good, but it was really, really
1: niche. I feel like I feel like Pandora's Tower is actually, yeah, sure, it's it's niche, but it was also not kind of released by Nintendo. And it was released right at the end of the kind of Wii's lifespan. So it was it's a game that people respect. It was and destined they,
0: to kind of fail.
1: Well, yeah, if people <laughs> played it, they respect and loved it. I don't feel the, the last story is that one that was only a very small percentage of the people that played it loved it. Everyone that played Pandora's Tower loved it. And Xena played Chronicles. Everybody that played it, or pretty much everybody that played it, loved it as well. And it's kind of spawned into this, this long, large series. So you are right that the last story was kind of one that, despite the interest in it, based on the screenshots and whatever the people saw, it kind of fell flat. Um, I, don't, I don't know if uh, everyone loved Pandora's Tower in the same way. I think oh, everybody, yeah. loved Tower. Was, everybody that played Pandora's Tower loved it.
2: The feeling that I got was that because it was the last game of the Rainfall series, people uh, played the last story and were like, that's pretty good. People played Xenoblade and loved it. And they were like, oh, you got one so want to play.
1: <laughs> no, I I, I, don't, I don't. Maybe we are just talk to different people or whatever but. Everybody, I, I remember.
0: Who... I remember getting really bad review scores
1: back in the day. Oh, yeah, but nobody gives a fuck what journalists <laughs> about. It, Says the journalist. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of the, on the niche end of things. I'm talking about the mainstream. Every, everybody knows that. You know, you don't go to IGN and whatever for reviews. For and, reviews scores, and that's yeah. that is not a criticism of IGN. There's a lot of great people at IGN, and I actually respect a lot of the work they do, especially with the kind of the. western side of the industry but we're talking about it's like asking somebody that has a career reviewing marvel films to review a david cronenberg art film it's just not going to work Um, there's too much water in those movies to be fair (laughs) so so yeah i mean what what ign says about pandora's tower isn't really relevant if you look at what people who enjoy jrpgs and play a lot of jrpgs think um I really think that Pandora's Tower is one of those games that will continue on to have a pretty impressive reputation for being a very high-quality game. That's so, my feeling.
2: Tantric, going on a tangent off Pandora's Tower, I think that that game represents a lot of that then late 2000s, early 2010s design where there was a determined effort to make it smaller. There's no overworld. There's just a menu. There's not like a big cast of characters. There's just like people, like a small group of people that you get to know over the course of a long experience. It feels, not in a bad way, but it feels cheaper, you know? There's no, like, we're going to make this enormous universe with different planets to explore, and you'll have this big epic quest that's going to take you so long to do. It's just, it's more contained. It's
1: more... But it knows what that's, it wants to be. Yeah. For, for me, I feel like that has always been where JRPGs have been strong. It's because they've often been so limited in terms of their creative, um, in terms of their budget, sorry. The developers have really had to be creative. And as a result, we've got a creative genre. Like uh, a lot of my favorite JRPGs, the Atelier series, they're always working on absolutely razor thin budgets. Um, Mm. And they always come up with games that are just so kind of warm and wholesome and, light and bubbly and it, it, they, they're games that should not sell particularly well because they just they're, they're, they don't need to because they're, they're off su- working on such light budget so instead the developers can focus on making the games that they kind of want to for a very specific audience and for me that's where the jrpg genre has generally thrived when the developers try and create blockbuster jrpgs what happens is we get a lot of confusion from the people that are meant to be buying these games. What, what is it that we're playing? We don't play that many JIPGs. This genre kind of confuses me. To your point earlier, <laughs> Harvard, that you know, turn-based stuff went away. Turn-based stuff confuses the hell out of people who don't play turn-based stuff much because it's this is meant to be action, but I'm waiting for an ATB bar to fill up. I'm very confused about what this game is trying to do for me a a lot of people are quite simple in terms of what they want from their game they they want it to just kind of behave naturally and turn-based stuff is not a natural interaction so i feel like when developers have tried to to turn the jrpg into something that appeals to everybody they have a lot of work to do to to convince people that to, to, to play this game on its terms. And I think that's ultimately what happened with Final Fantasy 15, which for me was one of the first efforts to make a truly big blockbuster JRPG that they tried so hard to communicate the genre to people who don't play it that they lost sight about the traditional JRPG audience. So Final Fantasy 15 will probably end up being one of those outliers within the genre that doesn't really sit well with, with fans of Final Fantasy or of JRPGs or for that matter of people who aren't fans of the genre because it still didn't manage to get them over the line.
2: Uh, you just remind me of something interesting about uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 when that came out and one of the popular critiques of it was that the battle system made no sense and it doesn't it it does make sense but Alan, <laughs> no. I remember watching your stream when you were starting out and you had to have your friend explaining to you how the battle system worked like it's a, it's a system of rules it makes sense but not in an intuitive way when, if you look at any other game that has combat or fighting in it, you press a button and you hit the dude, right? Whereas in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, you press the button and you targeted the dude and then you have this weird arcane system of magic and balls to make things work.
0: Yeah, which- but then also, if you don't hit the button at the right time, you're an idiot because <laughs> how dare you hit the button at the wrong time? You gotta time it correctly, otherwise you do less damage and it's significant enough that it will kill you. And then it also, if you don't have your, your gauge system in the right zone and, uh, and the stars don't align uh, to shine the light yeah, on Yeah, you don't have your drive society. bars
2: and you can't smash it. Oh, you know, the worst,
0: the worst thing is, is that they tried to fix it with the, the DLC and they made it worse. Because, like, instead of, like, having more characters, they have less characters but that's now everyone is now two characters and it's like uh, and then they get everyone is now three characters at the same time and I, that can't i can't brain doesn't work and the mm-hmm. fact that at the end of xenoblade 2 this is not a spoiler at the end of xenoblade 2 final hallway there is a tutorial message <laughs> there is a straight up game mechanic tutorial message at the final hallway before the boss fight and it is so insulting, but also so required.
4: <laughs>
0: so, like, so
2: that kind of ridiculous stupidity, complexity of systems is what makes JRPGs interesting, right? Because every JRPG has a new convoluted way to explain its combat and its systems.
1: I, I, would, I wouldn't say that these things are necessarily complex. I think, see, for me, complex is more like what you would get from a military strategy game that has a manual that's 400 pages long and you kind of need to keep referencing back to that as you play. I feel like RPG systems are abstract and abstract is oh, a very, a point, yes. abstract systems are very difficult with people who aren't living them. So for example, I mean, to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I had no trouble picking that up whatsoever. None of the systems within it confused me. But then I play a lot more JRPGs than than you would, Alan. So it just yeah. I, I just more naturally kind of slotted in with what it was telling me to do and it, it was fine. But I totally get where you're coming from that for people who aren't living and breathing JRPGs, that stuff is very difficult to, to wrap your head around. It, it is so much harder than. A shooter game a shooter game is a, a, a beautifully simple kind of thing It's just you've got a little aimy thing you're pointed at the dude you press a button he falls over that's that's yeah, basically how a shooter to feel like a gun yeah and yeah. that is that is a, a very I, I do not I'm never confused about why shooters sell so well because that is just a beautifully elegant gameplay system that everybody immediately understands whether you look at the tutorial whether you read the manual, whether you just jump straight in and, and start playing, that is, that's kind of a, a holy grail of game development. That's what you know, developers aim for ultimately. And JRPGs, by their very nature, are kind of exclusionary of that. And in many ways, I mentioned strategy games before. JRPGs are not unlike 4X strategy games. I know people that I, I was on Twitter not long ago getting super excited about Crusader Kings 3 coming on PlayStation 5 because I didn't have it on PC. I really wanted to play it. I jumped into it. I loved it. It's a great game. Yeah, yeah. I loved it from the second I started to play it. But other people were coming back to me saying, this game confused the ever-living fuck out of me and I never want to play it again because, of course, it did. It's a remarkably abstract and, in that case, complex game. So RPGs are a little Mm. bit less complex, but they are still very abstract. So I never, I'm never confused when people say, well, I don't understand the appeal of this. <laughs> and that is, yeah. and to the point that we we're talking about earlier in the, or the start of the, the, the podcast, that is kind of the reason I don't necessarily think Blockbuster works with JRPG. It just, yeah. you, you can't, you cannot communicate to enough people how to play these things in a way that's going to make them comfortable.
0: Yeah, I think it's the idea that by diminishing the complexity of it and diminishing the amount of systems, you end up with something that is no longer really representative of what the JRPG experience usually would be to most people. Yeah, well, what happens, so,
1: what happens when you kind of take all the complexity out of a JRPG, what you've got left is the RPG. Final RPGs. Fantasy XV. Well, you, n- you, you get Devil May Cry. No, I'm game. talking even, if you go even further, if you take all the abstract stuff out of a J, uh, an RPG you're left with like a warriors game or an assassin's creed, which has a leveling system and you see the numbers go up, but it doesn't have the underlying systems that actually qualify them as RPGs. If you know what I mean? Mm. And it's a different genre entirely. And that's fine. I'm not dissing assassin's creed and certainly not dissing the, the warriors games. I love them, but they're not RPGs. They have the, the very basic, you know, uh, leveling system of an RPG, but that is really what happens when you take all the systems that run an RPG out of out of the game.
0: Yeah, I think the thing as well is not again to not like keep harping about Xenoblade Two, but I completely forgot there was a system in that game where you ate food. I just completely forgot about it, and oh, yeah, that I, does exist though. And then I completely forgot about the whole like affinity system as well that's in that game i completely forgot about the leveling up system for the the swords and stuff for most of it as well and then i forgot that one character has to level up in a completely different way and it like
2: and they become more of a maid as they level up
0: yeah and then it can only get that character through a side quest but it's like the most powerful one in the game so you need to have it as your
2: tank otherwise you're screwed it's like but that kind of like ridiculousness is what i enjoy about the genre it's like, if I'm reading a guide for an RPG and they go, oh, by the way, if, to get this character, you need to dodge 10,000 lightning bolts. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm in.
0: No, see, the thing is that like, I, I get that, but I think it requires the game to be good enough on its own standing for me to actually enjoy it. Because I'm telling you right now, I would not have finished Xenoblade 2 if I was not streaming it and I didn't have someone who genuinely enjoyed the game to push me through some of the worst parts of it. Like, I feel like a lot of modern RPGs that are considered to be blockbusters don't have that anymore because it's usually just a case of you can actually just play the game and have fun.
2: But you know what I mean the other thing though is that there can be the opposite thing that happens when you give a JRPG money, which is that they will just put in more systems and they will go, Well, we now have the resources to make a, a whole crafting system. Let's put that in. We can do cooking, let's put that in. We can do a rhythm game, let's put that in, right? And you get a very bloated, complex game that is that is the way it is because it's trying to be more of a blockbuster and try to have
1: a bit of everything in it. Well, that's that's Final Fantasy VII remake, really. Yeah, <laughs> to a T. And I say this with just the most absolute love for Final Fantasy VII remake there is. I mean, as I think we talked about on the podcast, that game kind of converted me on the original Final Fantasy VII, which I wasn't the world's biggest fan of until I played the remake, and then I was like, oh, I'm so in with all this stuff now. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, but Final Fantasy VII remake just threw in a rhythm game for one section, <laughs> which is an obscene use of resources. If you're going to make a rhythm game- Nomura can... was
2: like, do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was like- I the <laughs> I'm
2: imagining on his desk, there's a big red button that says rhythm game and he slaps it as hard as he can.
1: And, you and know, like, in general, <laughs> g- generally, if you put rhythm game mechanics into a game, it's because you're making a rhythm game that it's going to return to. But this game had a rhythm game in there for one scene. And that was, that was it. And it was great. Like, that's one of my favorite scenes in the game because it is just so horny as anything. But it was just to your point that they had the money, they had the budget, so they went and added additional stuff in there. And I know a lot of people that, again, I had no trouble with Final Fantasy VII. I know a lot of people that had a lot of trouble getting into Final Fantasy VII because it was a a huge mess of systems and stuff. Yeah, it's... I,
0: I Honestly, uh, being someone who has less and less time to get involved in these sorts of games now, I kind of prefer when RPGs are just easier to play and I don't have to like, worry about it when I come home. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like a second job. It's why I don't play MMOs either. I, I can't do it because my
1: brain is just like, no, you need something yeah. stupid. Yeah, see, I, I, think, I, I think for me, uh, the appeal of RPGs is and has always been the stories they tell. If They tell an interesting story. Uh, I'll, I'll deal with whatever issues I might have with it to, to focus on that. Uh, and that's a, a, a good example of that is the Tales series. I've never been the world's biggest fan of the Tales series because generally speaking, they haven't had the world's best stories. Uh, Tales of uh, a Rise comes along and has a pretty interesting story and suddenly um, I was a big fan of it. So there is that and that is another issue, I guess, with making blockbuster JRPGs, to what extent do you need to compromise the quality of the story to do so? Because typically blockbusters don't tell good stories. <laughs> they, they might be entertaining, yeah. but when you come to a JRPG, when I come to a JRPG, I want to be thinking about writing essays about stuff afterwards. And a good example of that is the Persona series. Persona 3 and 4 are pretty dense games. Like in terms of their narrative and themes, they're pretty dense and pretty So uh, p- Pretty difficult. But Persona 5 was much lighter. Much, much lighter. Persona 5 very much was going to
2: spend more money and we're going to make this a bigger thing. Yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they it does they leave went behind the interesting qualities of the, the philosophy of the earlier games.
1: Exactly. They went for a much more blockbuster approach because they wanted to make it a bigger thing and sell to more people. And I do enjoy parts of Final Fantasy V, most of those, sorry, of Persona V, most of those parts being the ones that Anne is involved in. But <laughs> um, for me, the more interesting one was Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which was a Persona game in all that name but you can buy more, that game now can't you well it's on, switch, on switch now isn't it yeah yeah, oh, yeah. It so it's a it's a much more modest in scope game and it's a much more interesting game just in terms of the themes and the way it deals with them it's just a much more interesting game for me than persona 5 or feedback yeah. that shin megami tenso because the funny thing about that series is originally it was obviously you know shin megami was the the genre and persona was or the, the series and persona was like a spin-off. Personas become the big thing, and it's almost like Shin Megami's become kind of a spin-off kind of thing. So so true. SMT is like the weird game
2: that you play yeah. if you deep into the series. And so, Persona is the one that just made so much money.
1: Yeah. So while Persona 5 was out there making an absolute fortune and and getting everybody's mindset, SMT 5 comes along and it's a kind of a much more um grim gritty nasty little thing which I thought was a, a quite excellent so for me that was a, a again also a superior game because again the 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 expectations or the the goal of the thing was much more modest so the creative team was able to be a little bit more dominant
2: and it's nice that both those
1: games get to be made yeah I want both I think I think yeah I think it's nice to have one or two blockbusters for um, um, if nothing else people do get into a genre via the blockbusters you you could never expect somebody to play a, an uber niche game within the genre as their first <laughs> entry for it and i always laugh especially the rpg community because they tend to be pretty stupid and saying that i've just now gone and lost my few fans but they do tend to be it's like if they have the opportunity to recommend a game they always go hardcore right out the gate it's like, yeah, you should absolutely play Trails of Cold Steel 1 on... No, not even that, because Trails, Trails of Cold Steel... Yeah, Trails of the Sky, because Trails of Cold Steel is too, too um, poppy. You, sh- you should play Trails of the Sky, and how do I play that? I don't know. You, you've got to go and buy this console. And it's, Anyway, the, the JRPG <laughs> audience just goes hardcore with what they recommend upfront, and it's always a stupid thing to do, because... The way to get people involved in the genre is to recommend to them play Dragon Quest X or play, or even that's probably a little bit much. Dragon play Quest Final Eleven. Yeah. Play Final Fantasy. Um, play Final Fantasy Fifteen. You might not like it as your favourite example of the genre, but it's probably the best entry for people who have never played JRPG, because it has mm. qualities that will remind them of Grand Theft Auto or the Ubisoft open world games that they probably have played. So once they're into that, they're interested in that and they're like, oh, maybe I'll try another Final Fantasy game. So then they play one of the other ones. And if that's how they go down the rabbit hole, and eventually then you start recommending to them the uber hardcore ones. Same with Persona. I would not recommend Persona 3 to somebody. <laughs> to- no, I wouldn't recommend that to fucking not, anyone. Not Persona 4, impossible. So I, I would recommend Persona 5 to people that are interested in JRPGs that haven't played too many of them. Do I think Persona 5 is the best game? No, I don't think it's the best game in the series by any means. Once they've played it and once they're like, oh, I'd like to play more of them, that's when I go and say, yeah, you should play di- Digital Devil Saga. Because that's of- the other thing too, is that
2: the, the original Shin Megami Tensei games have their own stupid language, right? They have like the Zio, Mazio, like Kabufu, yeah. whatever. And if you play Persona 5, you learn a little bit
1: of that in a game that's more accessible. You get comfortable with it. And that's the point of the blockbuster. I, I have issues with the industry that it does tend to lock people into the blockbuster and tries to keep them there because these games are very long and because they're very long and people's times are limited, you know, like Alan and he doesn't have time to, to go down the rabbit hole. Um, they they kind of they, they get set into to the large end of town and that, that's an issue, but you're, not, you're just not going to convert people into fans of a genre without those blockbusters and getting them to play those hmm. first. So that's why we need them. We need Final Fantasy 16 and we need it to be a good game for the yeah, second genre. And JRPGs
2: have a lot of like stupid BS in them, I will say. But the blockbuster. Oh, no. Really like <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> but if you ask like even the most hardcore of JRP fan, JRPG fans, where did you learn how to get good at these games? They're going to go, I learned elements from Pokemon. I learned um, character yeah. party building from Final Fantasy, right? They're gonna say I played the basic ones first, and then now I know how the genre works.
1: Yeah, exactly. Who who plays? Who plays the?
0: What psychopath plays Sweekaden Two as their first JRPG? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> who is exactly. that
1: person? Should you play Sweekaden Two? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. but should it be your first JRPG? No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> So that, that's kind of the thing. And I, I think that's ultimately where I sit with this stuff. I don't necessarily love the blockbuster JRPGs, but I do appreciate their their existence and the ability that they have to allow us to have that conversation. So when to, to go back to what we started at, said at the start of the podcast, when people were talking about the JRPG being dead, that was pretty much because we didn't have blockbusters worth we talking about. Um, it wasn't that the genre was dead. It was just that we had no way of converting people from being not fans of JRPGs to fans of JRPGs. We have that now, and that's nice. Yeah. You can recommend to people Final Fantasy XV or Tales of Arise or, I mean, another great one is the, the, the fucking Souls games. <laughs> They're a great way of getting people um, yeah. interested in the kind of the obtuse systems that a lot of RPG RPGs run on. And from there, you can get them into... I don't think the pathway of getting people from being a, a Souls fan to a more broad uh, JRPG fan is so difficult.
2: It's Dragon's Dogma. Oh, there's a direct line from Souls to Natural Doctrine. <laughs> oh God, that's a good game. If only that I hate that simple. game so much. I hate it so much, and I can't stop playing it. Every time really? I'm like, I can finally beat this game. <laughs> and I Play like one level. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't explain to you why I like this game, but I hate it. That's my Xenoblade. That's my. That's my Zen- Alan's Xenoblade. blade. It's, not- it's, it's, it's like, like Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs>